hello and welcome to the How Long to Speak podcast. I'm Rick and I'm joined by Alex. Hello. And Paola. Paola this. And for one night only, we're also joined by community member Nelb, aka Tom. Welcome to the podcast, Tom. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. How's you, lot? Oh, hey, I'm just peachy. How are you? Yeah, fine. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so this week on the podcast, we're going to be discuss. <laughs> no, I'm going to stop. Dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if Jesus. I could. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> just going to confuse everyone. Right. First time listeners are like, who the hell are all these people? <laughs> Why do they sound like fake Scottish people? <laughs> Did I see them in Shrek too? I can't remember. So, as is normal for a community episode of the podcast, um, we're going to ask some questions of Tom and his gaming background and all those beautiful things. Uh, we're going to talk about what he's beaten and retired and what we are all playing at the moment. Uh, and then we're going to go into a topic picked by Tom. Uh, we're going to go into a round of Guess the Game, where the aim of the game is to guess the guest's game, in this case, Tom's game. Uh, and we are going to play the final round of this no the final game of this round of the newest format of how long, how to, long, be how long to be the game the game, game. Oh, oh, oh i okay. missed that completely it's okay we have one shot that's the thing you blew it oh well, okay i could just shout it taskmaster <laughs> that'll do <laughs> <laughs> oh, um <laughs> okay so if anybody if you can't tell uh listeners i am extremely sick right now <laughs> not covety but please ignore my weird sounding voice interview time <laughs> yeah you got podcast flu basically expect mm. paula to have it next week yeah rick was the, the me last week i'm rick this week and now paula will probably be sick next week. although paula you're in your summer right yeah i'm on summer right now so you probably oh. won't get sick <laughs> spring oh i spring. wouldn't get sick but i'm allergic so that's gonna oh. be fun Oh, you gotta get the hay fever here. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> um, all right, well, enough dilly dallying. Uh, all right, Tom. So, although we always start with, though we already kind of know from our lovely introduction, what part of the world do you live in and how does that affect your gaming? Well, as you probably can tell by me messing around with bloody accents, I come from the great um, island of Blighty, like Rick does. So, it's not that hard to get games around here, basically. <laughs> Unless she, it's everything's just quite easy to get. You just have to pop down to the locals or just go to Amazon. Although um, I will admit, it was difficult to get uh, stuff out in the uh, right in the countryside in Wales uh, when I went down there. But for the most part, I live like quite central, quite close to London, and everything's quite easy mm. to get hold of. So I can get anything basically. <laughs> And it's hard to believe you're our first, um, you're our first Brit that we've had on from the community. <laughs> and now we've had oh. Chileans and Canadians. <laughs> hey, it took us almost 100 episodes before I showed up. <laughs> we're just hiding. You don't know. We are just hiding around all the places. We just pop up when you don't expect us. <laughs> it is kind of wild. We're almost at 100. Oh, my God. Okay. Anyway. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So th that's fair. I mean, we've learned a lot from Rick at this point. So we know what's up mm. there. But um What's your kind of gaming background and preference? Curious. Ooh. Well, let's see. Uh, well, the first uh, console I ever owned was a... <laughs> yeah, this one This one lasted long. The Sega Saturn. Oh. So, 
<laughs> That's quite the one to get in on. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh boy. So yeah, basically, the, I chose that one because I was given the option when I was like, holy uh, junior, uh, to uh, get a one. Went to like this an old um, video, what uh, old electronic shop called uh, Comets. It's gone now. Um, Rip. But yeah, <laughs> we now only got Curry's PC worlds. Yeah, and they're only just about there. Yeah, they're just holding on. They're clinging up a dear life. Everything else <laughs> just gone to Amazon. But yeah, they had like those big free game screens. Basically, they had like a, a console which each one could play. They had the PlayStation, Nintendo 64, and the Sega Saturn up. And Sonic looked the coolest to me, so I got the Sega Saturn. <laughs> Did Sonic ever actually come to the Saturn? Wasn't it like Extreme that never got released? Or am I making it... that up? No, no, uh, no, you know, uh, the only real Sega Saturn game uh, for Sonic was Sonic um, 3D. But what was available was a, a collection of games called Sonic Jam, which came with Sonic, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, and Sonic uh... and Knuckles. And that basically pulled me into the Sega system, basically. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I basically, for that long, kept to the Sega systems. I went from Saturn to the Dreamcast until that died. And then moved mm-hmm. to PlayStations. So um, I've been mostly PlayStation, but then about um, oh, give me a sec. Um, about um, I say into my teenage times, I started uh, transitioning to PC, and now I mainly play on the PC. Nice. Mm. From yeah. the Saturn to the PC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a unique path. <laughs> so okay, then I guess you you kind of have maybe sort of answered this already. But, like, what got you into gaming then? Like, was it the Saturn, or had you kind of... Was there memories before that? Uh, I do remember Mate Holt having a Nintendo 64 and playing GoldenEye with him. So that... I can't remember if that was before or after, but I do remember having good fun with GoldenEye. Nice. I hope after, because if it was before and you still picked the Saturn, that raises some questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, maybe it's... Uh, well, like, I, I, suppose... I could play my sister, because she needed a console as well. Yeah, yeah, it does happen that way. I wasn't the one who wanted the Sega Saturn. It was a <laughs> right. Okay, I got yeah, bounced into a wee by my younger brother, so I can actually sympathise with that. <laughs> well, I suppose corollary to that, like, what what was your favourite Saturn game? Because I don't really know that library at all. Yeah, it, this this one. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what it is, and I know the name, but the problem is, I never fully played it. What happened was, I got this game as a demo, uh, and I never bought the game, and I I'm so wished to actually I did. It was Panzer Dragoon Saga. It was... Oh. Yeah. It was so good, that. I remember. It, you Basically, it was a um, turn-based RPG where you're on a um, dragon, and the dragon you have to position the dragon in specific locations. And I remember mm-hmm. this giant spider boss, uh, which gave me a good uh, hit around before I understood what I was doing. And it, <laughs> the game completely compelled me, and I loved that game. The uh, demo disc, it was basically the first, um, the first disc of the whole game. And, but the, you had to pay, pay for the rest of them. So I got to the end of the first disc, and I could not proceed because I couldn't get any further. Mm-hmm. By the point that I actually got through to the end of the disc, the Saturn had died... and if i want to get panzer dragoon saga it's now gonna cost me 2k so yeah they they printed almost no copies in the west it's a whole thing it it was yeah i remember it it came with the sega saturn magazine i played it through and i loved it but 
I never got around to buying it. So. Mm. I have heard do? it's really good. That one's on my list for uh, potential plays because I've, I've heard good things about it. But damn. Yeah. And if I... anyone's listening and wants to know a bit more, there is a really good Mac McVussell's video about what happened in terms of development and release and all that stuff. Yeah, oh, you nice. po- paste it into the URL there. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, nice. Okay, so then... Because you talked about you're kind of a PC gamer now, but what's your like console of choice and why? Um, and you can include PC in that if you want. <laughs> well, if we're going to include PC, it's a PC because you can basically um, reconfigure it. You can do modding on it, and you just change everything that you need. And also, cost well, Steam is so bloody cheap. <laughs> just Steam, and then you've also got Epic. You get free games every week. So I was like, oh, well, I'm getting a lot here, so why not just keep playing with that? But if we are going to be specific in terms of consoles, um, I think the PlayStation 2 is the one which I played the most. Mm. It is the one which I have the most memories from. So that is probably my go-to for old uh, systems. Um, and I, after the Sega basically died out, I moved to the Sony section. I've always kept with the Sony from the PlayStation 2 onwards. Mm. I've had, I have only owned a 360. I've never owned any more of the uh, um, Microsoft game consoles i get a lot of the um i have the wii u and i've still got a switch but um i don't have the wii well my parents got the wii i got the gamecube as well but (laughs) nintendo is a bit up and down for what i if i get them or not oh nice yeah that's interesting yeah because um yeah i think the majority oh my god my brain is foggy right now i was about to say i think the majority (laughs) of us we were very nintendo-y um mm. kind of kids so yeah it's always fun seeing uh from the other side from the other side mm. of the gaming uh, world because i i definitely grew yeah. up in that like 360 era right <laughs> well well yeah about the same time you gotta remember that sega does what nintendo don't exactly <laughs> man even i remember yeah. i was like a little baby and i still remember some of those commercials <laughs> um man you know Sick. Okay. Now, all right, you got to tell us, what's the story behind your username? Because you kind of blew our minds a little bit before we started. <laughs> oh, I thought everyone knew that, but I guess you don't. Okay, so um, for those who are not in the know, the mysterious meaning for my name is blank backwards. It's just blank backwards. So how I got... <laughs> Straight up, like, honestly, like, you said that, I was like, it's like a, it's like a weight drop, you know? You're just like, oh! <laughs> I'm like, shit, okay. Obviously, that's yeah. what it is, but goddamn, I never, even in a million years, I don't know why, I, just, I never, ever, ever clocked that. <laughs> but now you can't unsee it. Yeah, now it's like, <laughs> no, oh yeah, of course that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah, so it also that causes the issue of how do you actually say it? Because if you want to mm. speak in proper English, KN goes into nah, so it'd be nalb. But because blank, you have the K at the end when you actually speak blank, it means that you should start with canalp. So, <laughs> so you can say whichever you want. Yeah. But I guess the best way of saying is, my friends call me Nalp, but my enemies call me Canalp. The K is in. <laughs> nice. But yeah, um, in terms of making that name, I guess I think the obvious is TLDR, laziness. But let's go through the whole DC, <laughs> the whole thing which I made it. So, um, this name came about due to World of Warcraft. I actually started playing that as a dwarf paladin called Fraser. Hmm. The reason I called him Fraser because it, I was a young preteen who couldn't spell Thrasher properly. So I spelt it T-H without the H at the end. So it came Fraser and I just stayed with that, for that lot, until I got bored with the paladin. After that, I just basically made a series of... Um, 
re rerolls um, in the alliance. I just gave them just random names. Uh, specifically, I called my druid, um, elf druid, a blank because it was my second one. I had no name. I just like eh, blank. Um, and then my um, idea of actually doing horde names was just to was to reverse them. So mm. yeah, I have a also just by those names. Like um, I also have a dwarf, <clears throat> no, a orc warrior called Resart. Because yeah, that's uh, blank backwards. No, that's <laughs> Fraser backwards. Um, <clears throat> in the end, though, um, now was my um, undead warlock. I actually went to the um, there's like the forums for these uh, servers. Um, it was like I think it was Thunderhawk I used to be on, um, and I asked the question. I want to reworld. I have all these characters. Who should I play? And the warlock came on top. And basically, I've just stuck with Nalp since then. I do have other names I go by, but I'm mostly known by Nalp. So I just keep with it. Nice. <laughs> Before I we crack love... on from that yeah. as well, I would also like to know what the situation is with your profile picture on Discord, because it is oh. a little bit terrifying. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. that is um, NL from One Piece. Um, just uh... Uh, people probably know what I've done from that from One Piece, but basically um, NL is is a Logia type Devil Fruit user. He's basically made a fully electric. He then meets uh, the main character Luffy who's made of rubber and he's expecting to just go f not be hit by him because he just turns to electric but because Luffy's made of rubber he just punches him and he just hits him and he's just completely shocked by what's happened nice okay <laughs> I always love hearing like internet stories and shit just because it's like it's such a I don't know it's such a modern thing right like <laughs> and, and nowadays too like I guess I don't know kid, kids these days um Hardly even have usernames. It's just their freaking names online. <laughs> oh, my mate. Um, yeah, he's about the same age as me, so in um, our mid thirties. He's just his is just his initials. <laughs> Oa, some kakoe. Nice, nice. Um, I mean, I can't talk much. I have a pretty lazy username, but whatever. <laughs> oh, well, Alex five one oh one. Blame Neopets. So <laughs> <laughs> um. Sick. Well, why don't we roll along then into our uh, into your beatens? Um, so yeah, what have you beaten? You've beaten quite a few little things here. Well, and that's about a month. Um, so you lot just yeah, do a week, sense. but because I'm only here for one one day, I might as well just do a month. <laughs> makes sense. So we we'll go. Yeah, we we'll go backwards then. So the lot, the first game I beat. So uh, Doom 2016 for the uh, triple creature um, Halloween feature. Nice. Mm. All right, give me six. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I have actually been going through most of the Doom games beforehand, usually when it comes up in the Halloween features. Um, and, well, this one came up and I just played it. And, yeah, really good, actually. Um, <laughs> it Basically, uh, it takes moves away from the, um, you know, the slow horror movements of the Doom 3 and just goes back to the old style. Fast, in-your-face action, especially makes you want to actually keep moving. Really good, um, strong uh, shooting. It has pacing issues, though, I felt. Um, like, yeah. you get the weapons far too early, especially the um, upgraded versions, because, yeah, you get the shotgun and the super shotgun in the first half, and it's like, what's the point of the shotgun when you've got the super shotgun? Same with the uh, the plasma cannon, and you get the gauze cannon. Uh, so it's also... It's just bad pacing, I thought, because there's also, there's also the issue of the bosses. They all come at the end. 
and you've, you've basically seen all the uh, enemies before you even get to the halfway point. So it needed to basically stretch out uh, certain things um, and just move them about just so that um, things aren't getting stale, I felt. It's... it's something the sequel does a bit better in that it gives you specific reasons to teach each one. So um, yeah. with the shotguns, for example, you get the automatic shotgun um, attachment that actually has a use case for a specific enemy. Um, they both kind of have pacing issues. Though. I think they are both a little bit overly long specifically, and I think that's more so a criticism of the first game than the second, but you feel it in both. Yeah, I've heard other things about the uh, second one, especially with certain enemies not really being uh, dealt with properly for a shooter. Like, it's you have, like, a there's, like, this... Um... Uh, shield person and I guess um, it's just difficult to deal with as a gun user because you're always behind uh, the marauder is it you mean the marauder is like yeah, a yeah. mini boss that fucking sucks but I do get what they were doing with it and actually having played some of the DLCs the DLCs do make him make a lot more sense ah okay I see um yeah uh, Doom yeah I enjoyed it for what it was it, it's a great shooter few pacing issues but yeah I would recommend it for anyone I'm surprised by how little people play that. Most people in the triple feature feature was playing Majora's Mask, which, well, to be fair, that's a good game, if I understand. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm not too surprised. Uh, Majora's Mask is just, you know, it's Zelda, right? Like, they just, everyone gloms on to good old Zelda. (laughs) But you're right. I think we've done a lot of Zelda. We've done Ocarina of Time. We've done... Yep, we've done um, a Link to the Past, which came out in September as well. So, so yeah, we've done quite a few of them. We, I guess no one actually voted for it, but we could have done Breath of the Wild. That was quite big when it came out. Oh, but, yeah, we've never done Breath of the Wild. That's cool. No, that's Breath crazy. of the Wild's not been one of them. I guess because everyone's like pretty much played at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, well, it's also, it just didn't win the um, Game of the Month nominations, basically, when it came out. It basically came at the same time Horizon Zero Dawn, and I put put that down and that one in the end. So, no. <laughs> nice. Uh, ooh, tell me about Elden Ring because I still haven't picked this back up again yet. But... Ooh, yeah, Elden Ring. Oh, okay. I'm gonna say this. I loved Elden Ring for what it was. It was a fantastic open world. They did a lot of great things with the game, but I think it's one of the weakest Soulsborne's games out there. Um. It, that is might be quite controversial. I don't know if it is or not, but um, it may, one of the big things about the Soulsborne games are the bosses, and I feel that um, it, they weren't handled as good as they can. Uh, certain ones are just they don't seem fair, and certain things just don't seem very well um, balanced. Um, like the mimic is that can be really overpowered. I am gonna get through I'll talk about Melania in a second and there's a few other things I wanna have issues with. Like um I understand they do reuse a lot of bosses. Um someone pointed it out on YouTube, I think it was the Democracy. Um he mentioned that um in the game there were only nine unique bosses for a game of over like two hundred bosses in it. That is quite low. Um and um yeah, certain ones, yeah, make sense that they get repeated. Uh, certain ones, like, why? Like, uh, certain things should not... I The whole thing, I think, in terms of the bosses... Um, yeah, sure, you should have... You can't... You have to repeat them in these games because it's a huge open world. You can't have the... You can't have new assets each time, and that's fine. But I think that um, main quest... Main boss line um, 
should be sacred. They should stay in the main boss section and not be anywhere else. Unfortunately, I found Godfrey in a goal, which you don't really need to do. I did, uh, just so you know, I did the whole thing. I did every single small mini dungeon, every single um, legacy dungeon, every optional area. I, so, well, if anyone was actually paying attention to the game of Mumfred, I kept that going for about six months. <laughs> just dumping what I did each week on there. But, um, Damn. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, it's it check in the Discord and you actually just see me talking back and forth with, um, I can't his name actually, unfortunately, uh, Karakus? I can't remember. I'll have to double check that. But, um, yeah, um, uh, it's like, it, it, that's just those, those bosses should be kept sacred, stuck into the just main quest line. Sure, repeat the bosses outside of the main quest line, but you sh- I shouldn't be finding Godfrey in a ghoul, I should not be finding Astell in them. I in a small cave outside. Um, then there's also the um, balancing issues. So two things. One, uh, there are certain bosses which are just too hard for, by themselves, and there's an also certain summons which are just too OP, and they kind of clash in together as one item. Um, I want to actually discuss Melania. So um, just so... <clears throat> Spoilers, this is um, the big secret boss at the end of um at the end of a big legacy dungeon it's basically every um salt spawns game has one of these and this is the um one for um elder ring she has a move called waterfowl dance she, um and the waterfowl dance is ex- extremely difficult to actually um dodge you um and it's difficult to also, if you're immediately using to actually stop her, you need, so it's half the time you have to figure out how to actually get away with less amount of damage, which she does. But the thing is, if you use the, she uses the waterfowl dance and you get by, hit by every single move, you're dead. Doesn't matter, you're dead. Um, it's extremely powerful move. Um, it's a combo move and it, she just keeps doing it for a long amount of time and just getting away from it is just too difficult. It shouldn't, for me, the only way, I, the thing that I would say to actually make it weaker would be to actually remove the auto lock, turn it into like the Dance of the Boreal Valley's uh, dance move where she actually spins around and does the whole um, area. She just wanders off somewhere and that makes it a bit more easy to handle. Um, it should have been something like that. So you just need to actually get away from her as much as possible. Maybe um, it, it could actually expand and make it a bit better that way. But going back to the other side of that though, I ha- there is a summon. You might know this one, Alex, if you've done this one. The Mimic. Oh, yeah. I, that... I don't think I've gotten to it yet, but I know what you're talking about. I yes. just feel like I've seen so much stuff for this game already. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's huge. It's and I, uh, There was like 60 different videos I watched on YouTube for it, so yeah, I've seen a lot. But um, The Mimic, way too overpowered. So going back to that waterfowl dance, The Mimic, when I, I actually pulled... At the end, I couldn't because I couldn't do it. I had to call the mimic in for me to help, and it was able to tank the whole of the waterfowl dance, which would kill me one hit. That's too powerful, and it was also able to interrupt it a second time. So the mimic is too powerful. I thought for what it was. I don't think the idea that summons are bad. I think they're a good introduction. They are a smart way of introducing easy mode into the uh, the boss encounters. Uh, but I also feel that they should have uh, be, had a cost. I feel like, especially something like the Mimic, should have been like a cost from like one of the Runox. Like, 
bit, so um, it means there's a bit more of a cost for you to actually go through. Still, saying all that though, I still heavily recommend Elden Ring. It is a beautiful open world. There's a lot to do. It does not hold your hand. It just tells you, here's the world, fuck off, basically. Um, <laughs> uh, like, nice. and very much like the Breath of the Wild it, in that sense, where here's an open world, do what you will. Um, I probably should have actually dealt with it the same way I did Breath of the Wild, where I just basically, if I found something, I went in there. I did not go out looking for everything. In this game, I went to look for everything because I wanted to fight every single boss, but a lot of them were repeats, so I didn't need to worry about that. Um, and there are some fantastic characters. Um, how far have you got into this, Alex? Not very far. Like, I got... Um, I'm Ooh. basically... I think I beat that first... Like, I'm in, like, the castle. Like, I basically... It's just, like, oh. the first few hours, essentially. Wow! You have got a long way to go. Just oh, so I you know... know. <laughs> I... I, it took me 156 hours to complete this game. It yeah, is that's massive. what I'm a little terrified of. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would recommend no, don't do what I did. Don't go for every single cave. Just if you find a cave, go in. Don't go out looking for them. Yeah, yeah, that's my plan. <laughs> yeah, um, there there are some fantastic dun- mini dungeon there. Some of them I don't want to spoil now because I know that you're halfway through the game. But still, I uh, that's some of them are really good. And there's also the legacy dungeons. There, there's only there's one legacy dungeon which I think was um, not completed. Uh, you will know of it later. The Red Main Castle, um, because I, I'm just gonna spoil this because it's not much of a spoiler. But the Red Main Castle, it has sections where you could look at it and you think, oh, here's a shortcut I can open up later, and you actually get to it. And you find out, no, you can't. So that doesn't feel finished to me. I think that's the only uh, legacy dungeon which I was disappointed in. Hmm. The I heavily heavily recommend doing the underground sections because the hev- the underground sections were my favourite part of the whole game. Um, and uh, my favourite boss um, is another secret boss, Dragonlord uh, Plactasm. I That is, I think, yeah, it's either between that, the Dag- Dragonlord, or Midas from Dark Souls 3. Those two are my favourite dragon bosses we've ever fought. Both are fantastic little bosses to fight and they actually do give it they they feel fair and um that is all they want they're fair but tough um but yeah i would still if you're still playing for Elden ring i still recommend going through it just don't overdo it i recommend trying to do i would recommend doing all legacy dungeons you can you can miss a lot of the minor dungeons though It sounds like quite the adventure. (laughs) It it is huge. It's massive. There's a lot to see. And um, being the uh, the Soulsborne games, it has a lot of obscure little um, lore references in it. It's beautifully done, basically. Nice. I just just wish it was better uh, balanced. Oh, fair. I'm curious about... So you're, you're playing the original Borderlands? Oh, I've completed that. Yeah. Um. Basically, I'm just trying to go through all the game of the month games which I've got, and Borderlands is was basically what I randomized and chose afterwards. Hmm. I actually just posted my um my review of that on the um threads if you want to actually look at it. But yeah, uh, Borderlands. You can see they did not know what they wanted to do with the Borderlands series just by playing it. Um, someone po- posted again the thread, um, some old trailers, and it just showed like all the whole gritty why it was his, and you could just see it with how 
everything's designed and then they have they the um story is just a bit of a mess really well it's not there it's really it's incoherent it sometimes has these funny moments and sometimes it gets a bit dark for no reason uh, it doesn't feel cons uh, consistent it's not the same type of thing like uh, disco release and we can actually merge the dark and humorous together um it's but um i will say that it did at least in terms of start off get the um, main gameplay loop down quite well once you get the um, element attack moves in your weapons, it starts opening up in how good the game can be. Yeah. And, yeah. But, um... I was going to say, it's definitely a game that is, like... Because, like, I, I've also kind of stupidly played through them all on my own, too. And, like, really, yeah. it's meant to be played co-op, right? Like, it's just... Yep. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, I, I do think... It's, it's curious to hear you talking about the first one because it's been so long since I've even touch that first one like i don't even really remember what that one's like <laughs> uh it's nothing to come home by and um, borderlands 2 is a much better they significantly improved on it in the second game everything's yeah. improved on that game i haven't played any of the other ones i just played borderlands 2 mate um but i am playing through this one solo because i've only gotten the ps3 and um my mate does not have a PS3, and also I don't think the servers are on anymore. So yeah, I, I just... highly doubt the servers are online. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just play by myself. Um, but... No, I don't know. They might be. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I tried to get on, and there was no one playing it, so I don't think they were on. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah. It's interesting. That series, like, personally at least, I, I think two, and even the pre-sequel, I think the pre-sequel's quite good, Three, I think, just suffers from a bit of bloat. Like, it's just been, it's gone on for so long now that, like, it is yeah. technically very good. Like, all, like, like gameplay-wise, it's quite good. It's just that, kind of been around the block too many times at that point, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's getting and saturating them boring, basically, yeah. And you see that in reviews of Tiny Tina, where a lot of people say, like, it's competent, but it needs to do more to match up to what else is available now. Yeah, you know, yeah. If, if this came out when Borderlands Two came out, it'd be an eleven out of ten. But that just isn't, not necessarily isn't enough. But, but it isn't enough. And I'll have to say that out of all the uh, Borderlands game, Tales of the Borderlands is the best. I do like. Tales. You're just saying something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I tried the so new one funny. yet. Um, uh, I've heard it's not good. I don't know <laughs> either. But I yeah. put that down on my fancy critic, and it's giving me negative points. Oof. Just so that. Ooh. Yeah. Well, that's what happens yeah. when you think you can make something that another company did. You know, like, I mean, they're like, yeah, we can mm -hmm. do it ourselves. And I was like, actually, I think Telltale might have known what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, I should have done a bit better research on that. I thought, oh, maybe some Telltale people are doing it because they had the game. But no, no, it was just a um, gearbox. I, I mean, it's a fair. And they don't have the same humor. Like, it could have been great, right? Like, you never know. Yeah. It, it could have been. Like, it, all signs seem to point to it being, like, similar, but eh, didn't, yeah. didn't yeah. succeed. Uh, what about the Zombie Island, though? I remember liking Zombie Island quite a bit. Oh, um, yeah. I have some um, complaints about it, but you can start seeing the humor get again. They are starting to actually mm. figure out what they want the Borderlands series to be in that. They start with a lot of humor with the meta stuff, like expect, especially considering that they use Dr. Ne uh, Zed um, thing with just a big, huge mustache and just said, oh, it's a different character. It's like, oh, you might think it's Dr. Zed. No, it's a completely different character. He just has a huge mustache for no reason. But um, 
And then, yeah, um, it actually changes up the gameplay a bit because of the zombies. So, yeah, it works out quite well. There's a lot of mental humor going on about as well. And they they start actually um, putting in a lot more story uh, beats into the game. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading that. Oh, I'll skip that. Uh, oh, but, no, yeah. Um, yeah um, and there was also the, um, I do remember, there's like two quests where you have to wait for something to come to you. And you get all this chatter on saying, oh, why is it taking too long? Like, oh, I forgot to actually put in this into this. Um, fill out all the form 1663 to actually get you the um, escape hatch. And you sat there just shooting zombies until you get through and they just keep hearing the chatter. Oh, silly me. Like, oh. I'm <laughs> oh, I forgot dying. about that. Yeah. They, they do do a good job with the, like, the capitalist bureaucracy type stuff within these games are like very fun. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's it really good. It can be really good, but um, I did not. I scored Borderlands Six. And I scored Doctor Z uh, Ned uh, Six as well. Two ish big issues I have: the zombies they overstay their welcome. In the end, you just end up shooting the same things over and over again. Not really much point off that. You don't get a lot of um things. It reuses some assets a bit too much as well. So um, uh, there's one area uh, when you you have to figure out what where you actually, spoilers for those who don't know, you figure out that Dr. Ned is evil! Oh, Chuckle Shark! Um, but that you'll find that out in the Old Haven section of the um, base game, so they just basically reuse the whole level. Does. There they'll do. Which is just not very good, I thought, in that point. And then there's also the Brains quest line. <sighs> I... In terms of my gameplay style, I think most people notice if they actually look at, um, have heard me talk on the forums about how long games are. Like, it took me 200 hours to complete Odyssey because I was doing everything. Z Brains is the one thing which I've skipped <laughs> because what's the bloody point in that? The idea of Brains is you have to collect brains from the zombies, which is fair enough, I thought, because the brains were being dropped even before you pick the brains up. You just then go find the person, and I thought, oh, just find the person, give them the brains, and they'll just get the quest lines. Nope, you'll have to get the quest first, then collect the brains. Then to go back to him, and then collect the brains again. Keep doing that. It's It goes in, um, I checked, it goes from 10, 10 brains, 25 brains, 50 brains, 100 brains, 250 brains. That's just a waste of fucking time. So, if, I might have been more willing to forgive it if the brains which I actually been collecting throughout the whole DLC can counter to it but no you have to actually pick up the quest line to actually make it count so no point yeah it sounds like a lot of busy work yes it is it's one of those ones which is like no point to you maybe I can get myself an achievement from it but wow achievement I'm not going to be able to get a platinum trophy because I can't get all the um, multiplayer ones as well so what's the point Man, so, remember when people cared about achievements that was yeah. wild. I remember. <laughs> you remember? <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember. <laughs> uh, well, why don't we move on then to um, mm -hmm. your retired, which you've got one. I retired uh, this game's bigger brother last week, so I'd like to hear why you retired this one. <laughs> yeah, this one. Um, I, I'll be honest, I'll probably come back to it. It's just that I haven't played it for a while and um, I just don't mean to retire because I'm not going to pick up until I finish the Borderlands series now. But... Um, this is Crusader Kings 2. Yeah. It's a lot of sitting and waiting, though. That's the biggest problem with this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure is. 
<laughs> oh, I missed last. I missed last mm. last week. I don't know what you said about Crusader the Kings three, but I will admit it's really Pretty much good. That, to be honest, yeah. It, it, you you spit around. It's well we'll go into what these type of games are when we get into my playing because I got quite a few of those. Um, I do like those kind of type of games because I do other things. But um, I did enjoy. It, but I'd like to say I'm just busy with other games instead. Um, it's it, it is you do get a lot of political intrigue, but it can be very complicated and uh, confusing, and it's not very good at actually uh, explaining things. But to be fair. I don't know how could you, because it does have the tutorial and tells you how to do these things, but it doesn't tell you what to do with it, basically. Mm. It, it's, um, the, so, yeah, just so everyone knows, it's basically a game about political intrigue in the uh, medieval times. You have to actually um, keep your um, kingdom in check, in, increase the size of it, um, get as much money as you possibly can, get as much integrity um, and piety. Um, and then that goes up to your accumulated score. There's no real um, end um, end goal. I guess it's to actually grow your uh, kingdom as much as you possibly can. But basically, just get as much points as you possibly can. Um, I have had the um, a. I do remember this. I um, I have actually played Crusader Kings three, and I do remember there's like these different little stories which it builds up, which you actually from your own things. Like in Crusader Kings three, I played in the um, free weekend. And I played as the tutorial, just so I can understand it. And during that, my son decided to rampage through my kingdom, starting jewels. Um, just for the sake of it, just to show his um, bravadery. So people came to me and asked me, please make him stop. And I was like, I will make him stop. I will duel him. He beat me the fuck up. Um, but so he just kept going around... Um, just killing people, well, just going on jewels, just showing up how hard and late he is, until <laughs> he got poisoned. I figured out who poisoned him, and then I fought him in the duel until he was killed, basically. So I got my honor back by just killing him off. <laughs> but yeah, in the end, I lost me hair. So that wasn't very good. You, you also... mean your in-game son, don't you? Yes. <laughs> I, I spent the first minute of that thinking you were like beating up your toddler. That. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. oh yeah, sure, sure. I give him, I give him, I give him my not imaginary toddler, little blood, and he just goes around slapping people for jewels. Uh, no, no, I, I, I had just a picture of him at your computer, and then you saw the save, and then like, I don't know, like a Stewie Peter Griffin situation just unfolded in my head. Okay, right, yeah, in game, son, carried on. Wow. Huh. Um, <laughs> But that is Crusader Kings 3, the 2 one. Um, basically, I was cheeky. Um, I actually started the game as, um, for those who didn't know the um, English um, history, I started the King Ethel, um, the uh, King of uh, Wessex, before, well, basically, King Alfred the Great. He died, so I just got a, a son, and now I'm playing the son. Um, but during that, I actually married a um, daughter from a chieftain over in the island. And using that, um, I was able to um, claim de jure on um, the kingdom of, I think it was, it's the um, south of Ireland. I can't remember what the name of that one is. Um, while they were going through a civil war, I just basically claimed it while they were going through a civil war and just took over. During that time, though, uh, one of my battles there was demanding independence. So I did two things. I sent my spy master to uh, scheme to blackmail him to stop his um, attempts of uh, independence. And I also started a plot to kill him. Both succeeded. 
So in the end, though, I did not realize this, and because he died, the vassals, those kingdoms, did not go to me. They went to a different um, heir apparent, which was basically um, the Northern Ireland Kingdom. Um, so I had to actually fight to get them back. During that time, I then got a warning that Norway's planning to invade. <laughs> and then a um, upstart um, non-land-owning uh, claimant in Wales decided he owns that land as well. So I had started a war, pulled out all my uh, money just to pay for this war, and then I was actually um, um, told to prepare for an invasion by Norway. That was... Basically, you were frightening. fucked. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I got, yeah, it sounded like I got fucked, but I was not. Because he actually said he's going to prepare an invasion of England. And the kingdom above me, I was only the kingdom of Wessex. England decided they wanted to stop this invasion. So they requested to join me in preparing for the uh, defense of this invasion. I then used them sneakily to deal with the um, other guy who was trying to deal with, uh, take it over uh, from Wales. Kill him off, just get him out of the way, and then dealt with the Norways. This is another <laughs> issue: is that um, during the war, I wanted full surrender, no spe- no uh, white uh, peace. Just you have to t- take my demands. Um, and here's an issue: because they won early on in the war, they. Um, but I actually then got a lot of um, soldiers and basically just trampled them. They kept coming back with like. 100, 200 different men, and I just was a waiting game of attrition just to tell them to just go away. Just go away. You've lost. But mm. it just took ages just for me to get that, um, that um, enforced demand piece, basically. But I will say, Crusade Kings, it builds those things up really well, and it, it, it is really good in actually making your own storylines. I'm sure you've had some of yourself, Alex, in Crusade yeah. Kings 3. Um, and I do think that is, but it is very much a podcast game, as I um, have mentioned before. Games which you actually have something else going on in the background while you actually play it. Yeah, well, they're what you very good for like... storytelling. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Rick. Mm. I was just going to say, what you've described is absolutely the magic of it. Like, if you can get to the meat of it, you just can't beat that kind of emergent narrative. Yes. Mm. If you can get... it, It's really difficult to get into but if you get into it you can get some really good stories i'm actually on the um, crusader kings reddit and you hear some just bizarre stories on there like um like the spy master coming to you and saying that your spy master is planning to kill you it's like why are you telling me that ha <laughs> sounds like there's a little bug they need to fix <laughs> yeah or um a you be your wife um no someone else's wife becoming pregnant and then saying that you are the father? Oh, well, you're, I'm, you're a eunuch. <laughs> oh, you're, you're a eunuch. eunuch. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, looks like they didn't do their research. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, sick. Well, yeah. Shall we move on to our playings then? Mm. We're clipping along pretty nicely here. So, uh, I don't know who wants to go first. We'll give uh, we'll give Tom a little break for a second. <laughs> so right. Oh, yeah. I'm out of and eating water. Yeah, exactly. Give me some water. Tyler, <laughs> do you want to jump in? I want to hear the latest Guardian Tales adventures. Mm. Yeah, of course. Um, I got the Mad Panda trio from the Gacha Machine of Guardian Tales, so mm. I'm always happy about that. 
I also managed to uh, save up enough uh, tickets, the ones that they give you for, um, I guess, rolling for the characters. Mm -hmm. And finally got um, the Freedom Masters, I forgot the name again. Garam? Garam, yeah. The Doesn't Michael matter, we wouldn't know anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a special weapon, so I had to max that out before. Um, sorry, I got a notification of, <laughs> on my mail, and it's like, oh, you're, uh, someone is trying to scam you. And I'm like, no shit, Sherlock, because uh, it's you. It was like, <laughs> oh, it was like, oh, uh, print subscription um cancelled or something like that and i'm not even sub subscribed to prime hmm. so it was like yeah sure let's put this on the uh, recycle bin right now <laughs> sorry got sidetracked got really distracted over there um okay the point is i got this special weapon for the the character that i worked so hard to get and I also started building a water team uh, around him because uh, a long time ago, I may have said that I unlocked a special tower where you have to go with a monotype team. And I wanted to start the, the water tower. So I built a team around uh, Garam, which is the character that I worked so hard to get. And um, everything is paying off so far. So Paula is happy right now. Paula has a good team there. And I finished the uh the world that was like the, the midi world on the table. Uh, my characters are back to their fully grown selves. And I am ready for the next adventure, whatever that might be. Hmm. I think I, that's about the gist of it. I have like a slightly, so this is of course anecdotal and stuff, but like we're talking about gacha games. So like for people know, like I substitute teach in high schools and stuff, right? And there's one student that I, I know quite well because I was I did my practice with them, and they're telling me about um, their experience with Genshin Impact. This kid. Spent five thousand dollars in Genshin Impact. Holy Yo, that's not true. Crap. Yeah, that's legit. No, I can mm. I can see that. I mm. oh, well, we'll get into that game later for me. But yeah, I can't explain how much I spent on Rock Smith or Rock Band. I've spent so much on those DLCs. And this is the thing, like I, that's uh, like rent for most of the year. I mean, like in in yeah. UK, like in yeah. GVP, five grand's like a year of rent. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like because Fuck she had disposable me. income because she was working and stuff, right? And when you're a kid oh at home, God. like that was like her savings basically, like because she, oh, she needed no. like those, like yeah. that that gotcha, gotcha implementation, right? And like I trust her because like she, anyway, yeah, I know I know she's telling was... legit because it's like even her friend was like, yeah, it was bad, and I'm like, goddamn. But like this is what happens, right? Like these young kids, like I I don't know. I always talk about how it's like, and I know it's anecdotal and it's one person, but it's like this is the thing that always kind of drives me nuts with these gotcha things, right? Where you're like, it preys on young people and most of us are fine. Right. And I think that's the thing that's kind of insidious about it is that like most of us have no problems with these games, right? Like we can play them and it doesn't do anything, 
but there's a select few who get fucking wrecked by them, you know? It's, it's like gambling. Yeah. Also, it's, yeah, it basically is gambling. It's set up to be like gambling. It's, um, and yeah. because these people, these children, they probably don't actually understand the gambling things. Like, we, um, if you do, like I sometimes uh, go down to the uh, bookies and um, uh, put some money down onto one of those machines, hmm. I set myself a limit. Maybe like a, usually it's a pound, I don't boot much. I don't actually gamble a lot. But if I hit past that limit, I'm done. The, um, Heal them probably don't understand that you keep the limits basically keep well, the amount to that amount. Yeah, and they just become these things which, um, well, what um, the gaming people call whales. There's like that, yeah. but there's, yeah. yeah, it's a predatory model. Well, it's, it's not is, even yeah. that they don't understand, right? It's just that it's it's too easy, right? yes. it's just so simple. Like, I mean, yeah. even what you're describing, you have to go to the place, there's still so many problems with that, but like, even within like gambling institutions most of them don't actually want somebody who's like fully addicted to this. You know what I mean? Cause like at the end of the day, it's like, if you get somebody who's like full on addicted, they one might not be able to pay whatever debts they have and stuff. And it also, it's just not fun if you're an employee and you have somebody who's ruining their life. Like it's just not a good time, you know, like no one wants to watch somebody well, ruin their life. Um, but you do well, want these people who have actual lots of money. Yeah. These companies don't really care. They care about the bottom end, the dividends. They don't really care. Yeah. They just want the money um and that's the same it's like um uh that diablo immortal there's that guy who actually put like i think it was like ten thousand dollars into it yeah and because um he was so overpowered he could play with no one basically and he oh, just here base did i say five thousand i meant two thousand two thousand sorry not five thousand oh. two thousand i mean it's still bad it's still a lot but it's not five thousand sorry my brain's foggy but anyway it was two thousand yeah i was like i was yeah. thinking for a second i was like wait five thousand no that sounds like a lot two thousand <laughs> yeah it's these things um they are basically being powered by these whales half the time they don't care about um the normal yeah. people like um you and me would just go in maybe uh, we won't even probably put any money down for it we just play it for a bit <laughs> wait the time yeah. then just leave um but they, what they want is these uh, small handful of people who can't who are addicted to this who need to get the that adrenaline push and then just actually, they actually just keep buying more yeah. and more things. I just think at this point, I mean, we, we can talk about this another time too, but like at this point, they just need, there just needs to be more restrictions placed on them, right? Like you just, it, yes. It, it, yeah. yeah, definitely. That, that yeah. also goes back to what you said a minute ago is that uh, mm -hmm. another thing why these companies don't want that is because if they don't do anything about it, restrictions will come in. And I can't see these loot boxes getting away with it yeah. much longer. And They're I mean, already restricted in some countries. I think the one good thing about all of it is that, like, most developers, I think, understand they don't want it. It tends to be producers no. and, like, you know, um, publishers who, who want these. Though I did watch... The, oh, my God. I have to admit, I, I saw something that made my, like, eyes roll into the back of my head. There was, like, this dude who was a mobile game developer who, like, after making millions of dollars, suddenly realized, like, oh, these games might be bad for kids because, like, he had a kid and was, like, starting to play it. And then he's, like, talking about how we shouldn't make these. And I'm, like... I'm like, I'm glad you made, came to that realization, but bruh. Better like, late than never, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I was like, dude, no fucking shit. I'm like, how blind were you to not recognize that this was harmful as fuck while you were making them? It's like, I, I'm like a little sus. I'm like, I feel like you probably knew, but now you're like a little upset, but whatever. Another person on the team of trying to, you know, um, solve them is like, I won't, I won't, I won't say too much. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, pal. I know we derailed that, but um, I just I, I remembered that like story this week because I was just like blown away. Yeah, there's. I was trying to say something about like 
uh, players that are well, like, are really, they really seriously need help because holy crap, I wouldn't, yeah. like, I am a free-to-play player when it comes to free-to-play games that I, I literally said, like, okay, I cannot waste, like, a time on this game because it's something that I probably, like, won't ever see the end of. Well, and there's the constant fear that the servers will eventually shut down. So that's another reason why that uh, makes me make that point of, okay, this server is not forever. Um, I cannot like just go into this save file uh, even like two, three, four years from now. So I'm just going to enjoy the free-to-play stuff. And not touch the 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 bait and stuff because that can be like a giant sink for money. Yeah, and money I mean, sink. It, it's not like you know, like individual users aren't at blame, right? Like if you're playing them, it's like, look, whatever, it's there. It's it's all in these companies. But anyway, um, you have yeah. a healthy a healthy connection with it. <laughs> yeah, because I made a point because. Um, one of the things that I try not to play a lot are like DCG or like anything that has a collectible aspect to it. But I kind of felt I'm playing with some audience here, uh, because I I have that drive like to uh collect all the cards like um like opening the 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 booster packs is quite fun for me. So it's like. Okay, I have to make a budget because otherwise, all that money is gonna go just into cards, and like uh, Paula's entertainment budget is gonna just go to cards, which kind of happened this one, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> and otherwise, I and I have to be like very conscious about that decision. Otherwise, um, I think if Gacha Games had like a collectible physical aspect to them, it would be like more of a problem to me. But thankfully they're all digital, so Paula doesn't care. Paula is happy, a happy player just being free to play. Anyways, the other game that I'm playing is Pokewilds. And I'm starting like to just slow down with this game because uh, there's not really a lot of new there or like enough new to keep me going and I don't think I will be I will be playing this game like next week because there's another game another rom hack game that I'm very interested in to play in playing that and that is uh, Pokemon Chilean edition or Chilean Pokemon hmm. where um someone some Chilean Pokemon fan went and made their entire, an entire Pokemon uh, game based on Chile. I think most of it is based on the different um, communities within Santiago, which is the capital, or like the different cities on the metropolitan region, which is quite fun. But I think like just reading the wiki you can go like to Isla Pascua Eastern Island story and there's an overarching story like a proper overarching story on this game so I'm quite interested into playing Pokemon 
probably not right now because I'm still playing Pokemon White. And I'm about to play another uh, RPG, which more on that in a minute. But um, there's, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Like, first of all, the professor of this region is a very old TV icon called Professor Rosa. And I swear if, there, if, if the giant, um, Sesame Plaza style bird is not there also, I'm gonna be sad. Um, as I already said, I'm also playing Pokemon White. Alex, please don't die. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> I'm coughing up a storm in the mute here. <laughs> yeah. Um, he dying. Um, anyway, Pokemon White. Um, I am now on Nivas Nimbasa City. I finished the Backtype Gym. And now I'm currently on the uh, third gym of the game. That is the, is it the third gym of the game? The fourth gym of the game, that is the Electric Type Gym. And I forget like how fun some of these uh, gym settings are. Especially the electrotype one because it is a roller coaster and you have to, to press switches like to make the roller coaster go to uh, certain platforms yeah, and there. Which, to be honest, on Black and White 2, there's a major downgrade because it is, uh, they go from the roller coaster to the, uh, I guess, the runway where. But uh, there's like modeling going on. Is it the wrong way? Like I don't know. Catwalk, do you mean? Catwalk, yeah. Hmm. Oh, I see. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, by your downgrade over there. And also, I have to say, jumping back to the second gym of the game. The normal type game on Black and White 2 is like a major difficulty spike because at that point in the game, you don't have a fighting type. And they do have a new move that is work out, work up or workout, where the Pokemon uh, increases their attack. And I want to say special attack, but I may be wrong. And if they boost themselves like one time, well, Fuck you, you're not gonna go very far here. Or was it? Oh my god, I have like all the TMs, HMs and stuff, I scramble over here in my memory. But I do remember that um, I had to battle the game leader at least a couple of times because holy crap, that, that battle, either I wasn't like prepared because I did skip a number of battles on my way there. And some of my Pokemon were like five levels lower than the Pokemon, the Gym Leader's Pokemon. But I also have like one or two Pokemon that were like the proper level, one of them with a fighting type move, and, and even then I had trouble with the Gym. Anyways, rant over. Um, still having a lot of fun with Pokemon White. I miss the pixel art so fucking much because once they went to the 3D realm, 
okay. with the Pokemon series, the sprites were yeah. gone and the Pokemon lo lost so much personality in terms of how they are animator animated. Yeah, yeah. Like White was the last one before they moved to sprites, wasn't it? Uh white two. Yeah, but I yeah. see the same generation basically. It white two's just basically a yellow version. Yeah, that was actually the last Pokemon game I've played. I it's been a long time. I, I don't remember them too much, but it was alright, I thought. But yeah, I've been on and off with the Pokemon series and that was the last one I've ever played. If my rants, my previous friends are anything to go by, just skip Sword and Teal. Maybe Sun and Moon, the original, because Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon butcher the story completely. But Sun and Moon has pacing issues. Like, not pacing issues. Yeah, pacing issues at the very start of the game because it gets going like after an hour and a half, and then you're free to, to really much explore the world and be happy there. But oh, wow. the start is oh. slow. It is very, very wow. slow. It, it has to be the slower start on it, of any Pokemon game. Uh, but I feel like out of the recent Pokemon games, and that being 3DS and the Switch, those have the most charm. Like the other ones feel kind of solid in comparison. Not that... Um, that's my not that uh, Sanamono is my favorite my favorite Pokemon game. It is not, but because um, I'm just gonna go and say it. X and Y is probably my favorite 3D Pokemon games, just because it hits a lot of nostalgia. What's your favorite overall? Overall, probably I want to say Platinum. Well, that's part of gold and silver, right? Uh, that is diamond and pearl. Diamond, pearl, and platinum. Oh, okay, yeah. It's the fourth generation, right? Because I think it's yeah, uh, yeah, red. Yeah, it, platinum has to be my favorite, mainly because it has the desertion world and holy crap, that section of the game. It is tripping. Like it is so trippy. And you have to navigate like all these mains. You have to walk on the walls, swim on the rope or whatever. And it has like so much. I want to say it has to be like one of the more creative parts of Pokemon. And it really hit that almost uncanny valley feeling or like kind of like it made it seem so unreal that it was cool. Do they want to include their own po favorite Pokemon games? Or oh. if we want to move on? Oh, I'm good. I, yeah, you I'm can go ahead so if much. you want. <laughs> oh. Oh, my favorite is Mystery Dungeon because it's not like normal Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Crystal Boy because I played Crystal when I was a kid. That's kind of all Ruby. there is to it. It's got to be Ruby for me. Mainly because I remember I played the, um, that I had a big match against my mate. And we got to the last, uh, we got both got to our final um, um, Pokemon when we were fighting it. I had full energy left on my, um, it was like the fire start, I can't remember the name of it. And he had uh, the big whale from uh, Sapphire. But uh, because my, uh, so he had a sliver of uh, health left. Kill me. Because I actually got paralyzed before I could actually hit him. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that I do remember Ruby. Um, I think that was probably my favorite. Yeah, 
Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Apologize about that. Continue on with your next games. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah. I think that's it for Pokemon White right now because I'm trying to think if I did anything else. And no, I haven't. Uh, I did get lucky in my three Pokemon Roll for the route and got the second starter. That's the Oshawott, the water starter of the region. So I have two of the starters now. Uh, I'm kind of happy because I was like, uh, I pretty much chose Tepic because I didn't, I haven't played with him before. But I really wanted like to to choose Oshawott because that's that was like my second pick if I for some reason didn't get the pick. So now I have the both of them. So Wally's happy now, and I don't have to choose anymore. Um, uh, I don't know. Sometimes like uh, when you're told to pick a starter, and all of them are you're either like very indecisive, or like it depends on the game. But for some games, like in um, Gold and Silver, when they told when they tell me to pick my starter, it's like, please pick your favorite son. And it's like I can't. I like the three of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's always a problem with the starters. I have to choose one. Choose wisely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other. Li- we are not gonna go into a no, Pokemon no more. Rant because <laughs> no more Pokemon runs. I've heard I'm too many. I'm not gonna talk about how I don't like the new starters after seeing their last evolution. We'll talk about them later. Tell me about yeah, Digimon. You're playing the opposite of Pokemon. <laughs> okay, so here's a funny story. Um, for some reason, out of fucking nowhere, my boyfriend uh, was like, "Hey." I kind of want to play Digimon now for no reason at all. I don't remember if it was, if there was a reason. Maybe, oh, I think it was because of the new Pokemon games that he was like, you know what? Like, I'm not like too keen on, on the designs. And I was like, yeah, I'm not too thrilled about the new game. So what are we going to play now? And he was like, oh, maybe we can try a Digimon game. And we we just watched. It was just after we watched the um, a video by Jaden Animations, and uh-huh. she talked yes. about her adventures with Digimon. I think it was the one on one of the ones on DS. I forgot the game, but the point of it, it it was I didn't have a very good time, and I should have listened to the Digimon fandom where they said play Cyber Sleuth instead. So we were like, hey, this is like the one the community says is the less bad one because the Digimon community needs help. They 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 have serious issues over here because we were reading like a top 20 Digimon game list. And most of the entries started with something like, okay, this game is not bad or like this game has x and y problem but it's still an enjoyable experience and every digimon game that we saw on that list had something going against it to the point that it was like did the person that wrote that list really like the games or are they just 
trying to apologize like before they if people actually play the game for some reason like there's there's uh, as Jaden said there's not one Digimon game that all the community says yeah this one is good is a very good place for um for any new fan to start playing the games and like the less polemic i'm gonna say cyberfoot so we're gonna play cyberfoot and i actually we are like just starting the story so not much to say here other than i used to like the digimon anime and i know nothing about the games and i think uh my brother played digimon world probably or something like that and that is like by the all the exposure I have about the Digimon games. Mm. The only other exposure I have to it is the three first um, seasons of the anime that are Adventures, the second one, which I don't remember, and Tamers. That is all my history with Digimon, so this is going to be very interesting. I have to say, on that top 20 list, I think there were at least like 10 genres of of video games because Digimon doesn't know what the fuck it wants to be. Sometimes it is a racing game, a card game, a, a fighting game, an action RPG, and demons use swords, or a turn-based RPG, and that is what we're going to play. Hmm. Sorry. Well, Enough think, rambling for me. <laughs> I, say, I think it's also just it's it's just a it's a franchise that doesn't have to be hammed in by one style of game, right? Like as as they might be more experimental and probably a little more hit or miss, it can kind of just do what it wants, you know? <laughs> True. It's also got a way think... less money behind it than Pokemon. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, and well, the Pokemon games like pretty much sell on nostalgia, I guess, and. That aside, um, I think the latest Digimon game is, I want to say, a tactical with visual level yeah. um, elements, but I think it's proportionally like the opposite, that like seventy percent visual novel and thirty percent tactical. Uh, yeah, what I've heard is that the visual novel is good and the tactics fucking suck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> always one point, ain't it? It's either the uh, graphic novel sucks or the third gameplay sucks. I mean, it. let's be real, though. I'd rather the tactics suck than the graphic novel if it's mostly graphic novel. <laughs> mm, that yeah. is very true. Um, anyway, should we, uh, should we move along? Because I have a good yeah. segue. Speaking of tactics, um, <laughs> I'm still playing Lord of the Rings tactics. Uh uh, it's pro- I'm probably gonna retire it. It's it's quite fun. Um, it's just like, it's it's kind of slow, and like it's it's actually pretty tough. And I don't know if that's what I want right now. Um, like, and, and in general, so like I think it's really it's a really fascinating game in the sense that like, the units are really strong, but I don't know if it makes sense because like, your heroes don't actually feel that tough. Which is a bit weird in Lord of the Rings, right? Like a single like Urkai will like trip up Aragorn, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Like that just doesn't make any sense. Like balance wise, you're like these heroes would fucking decimate. Like I understand if you have some like normal units that they would get wrecked, but like when your heroes are getting wrecked at the same time, it just feels a little weird, um, especially like in just like singular combats. So I'm like, I don't think I really love that. Um, 
but it's just such a cool relic, honestly. Um, and it's it's a fascinating style of game. I kind of am absolutely hating the fact that um, you get into like these zones of control. So when you move, if the enemy moves into where you move, they stop you. So you basically will have like an objective where you need to get to something. So you're basically just like creeping up one move at a time because the other the opponent's like blocking you as you're moving and you're just like (laughs) but it is a tactical choice and they build the game around that choice so it doesn't feel like it's busted or like it's unfair um it's just annoying as shit because you're like damn it i want to get to that thing um so i don't know you got to meet it on its terms uh, like I said, unless you like Lord of the Rings, like absolutely don't try this unless you like Lord of the Rings. Like there are so many tactics games out there. Like I can't in any way, shape or form recommend this over. I mean, Tactics Ogre Reborn just came out for Christ's sakes. So if you want tactics, go play that thing. Um, apparently it's very, it's very good. Uh, so you know what I mean? Like it's like if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, yeah, check it out. I think it's it's neat. Um, it's the Metroidvania problem all over again. Exactly, yeah. Um, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Uh, I actually, I actually technically beat this, but I'm, I'm still playing through, it's the game of the year edition. So I'm playing through some of the, the, uh, DLC. I don't know if I'm going to finish the DLC. I kind of did it once. It's, it's basically just more shadow of Mordor, which is not a bad thing. Um, it's just like, like, I don't know. The, the game has a really specific, um, gameplay loop to it. And the one thing that's really good about this game is that it absolutely doesn't overstay its welcome. Like literally by the time you get to the point where you're like, Oh, I kind of want this to end. The game's like, and we're done. And you're like, sweet. <laughs> um, which I the best thing of it was a nemesis system. That is a fantastic system set up in there. And then we should see more games. Well, exactly. And like, that's um, what like, at least the first DLC is basically just more nemesis system, but with like some interesting, oh. um, it's like, it's like the hunt of, of something. I can't remember the full name right now, but like it's it's what you said. It's basically just the nemesis system, but with these like beast masters. Um, yeah, so it it is neat. Like if you've never played it before, it's worth trying out. Um, it was kind of slagged a little bit when it first came out because again, I think it was a little expensive for what was basically like a couple hours of like just sort of more Shadow of Mordor. But like when you're playing it in a Game of the Year edition, you're kind of like, well, that's sort of all I want, right? Is like a little more <laughs> of this game. Um, so yeah, I really love the way I kind of forgot how this game opens up in the second part because there's like two two areas that you go to, mm. um, and once you get that ability to kind of brand Uruks and like put them on your side, it's <laughs> it's very fun to dominate a bunch of Uruks and like send them to go fight. And like, um, what is really neat about this game, I think, is that it somehow manages to have yes quests in there, but really you're deciding the quests yourself, right? Like you decide who am I, am I going to dominate them? Am I going to dominate the war chief himself? Am I going to like get their followers to go against them? Am I going to cause riots? Am I like, you can do all this stuff. Um, that's like quite fun. So yeah, I really, uh, digging it. I also want to point this out. This I really like how they set up because they didn't give the branding until the second point of the game, but they set up the whole intrigue with the, uh, that tutorial with that, um, really weak orcling, which he tries to get up to the general until he gets killed off in the first section. Mm-hmm. Then you get the burning afterwards, so he didn't figure out how to work it out after that. No, that's it's good... also... Mm-hmm. Sorry, go I, ahead, was, uh, I was just going to say, that's a really good point, actually. Like, I, I hadn't even really thought about that. They, like, they do set you up for the concept of infiltrating armies, um, but do so in the first half, like you're saying, with a character. 
um, instead mm-hmm. of the branding. And so by the time you get to the second, you're like, oh yeah, I know how to infiltrate armies. <laughs> yeah, basically. But there's also the fact that you can also build. I don't. Did you ever actually get an orc who uh, kept coming back to you? One which you just said, oh, it's that guy again. Yeah, yeah. They do the like. The, there's the your nemesis, right? Because like they mm-hmm. <laughs> that becomes a thing near the end of the game. And I was like, I know that guy. Uh, but I always yeah. wondered too. I was like, how's that fucker back? Didn't I kill him? <laughs> yeah, they kind of had to do that. I remember that, and I wish this happened because I've only played the uh, base game. I'm not playing the DLCs for the game. I had one called Narcissus the Poet. The slimy bastard would keep running away from me, basically, each time. And he would always weasel himself into actually killing me. And he kept getting a bit more powerful and powerful. But by the point I actually was able to get an ability where I could just actually blow the head off, that would kill (laughs) him permanently. I did it to him. I kind of wish it didn't, because at the end, you have um, what is considered your nemesis to fight, right before you actually hit the last boss. It was some bloke I never knew. It's like, who's uh, you? Yeah, I will admit it. It is. It's a funny feeling because like I had a guy yeah. who had always kind of slipped out of my way or like killed me and stuff, and like he was my nemesis. And I did have that. Like, it, you would think it's kind of cheap, where you're just sort of like, I know that guy, but it is kind of like this fun sort of thrilling thing where you're like, hey, it's that guy. I hate that guy, and then you're like, I get to kill yeah. him now. So like, it is kind of fun to have that happen. But you're right. You do it- kind of want to like if you have a guy that keeps coming back and forth, you do kind of want to keep someone that you don't kill because then you get yeah. to have that personal experience. But if you just wipe out all the Uruks, then you kind of don't get that fun little moment. Yeah, yeah. That is, it, that rival system is very good. And I wish it was in more games. Odyssey tried to do, but Odyssey was a bit like, meh. They had like a mercenary system where these like big, powerful weapons yeah, right. you. Uh, they were... They were they personalityless. Were right? Yeah, they were. That was the problem with them. They were I mean, just I like had... random things that showed up some guy who nicknamed himself raw flesh because he's got a fucking bag on his head and he has no skin underneath on his head and so i'm like like this kind like these are the sort of urks yeah. you're getting right like they're so unique and they're so fucking insane and it's just really fun um and you do develop these like you know rivalries against some of them because some of them are just far better in combat than others and you're just like fucking yeah God, i want to kill this guy well like i said <laughs> The poet, the guy, he just was a slimy bastard. He put me into traps. And then he started um, lyrically going into poetry at me. It's like, what the fuck are you all about? Shut up. Oh, that's great. I wish I hit a poet. <laughs> yeah. Um, sick. Well, anyway, yeah. So that's Shadow of Mordor. It's a good time. Um, Castlevania Order of Ecclesia, I haven't really made any more progress in it. I just haven't had a chance. I'm, although I'm going to be able to do some handout gaming soon. So I probably will have more progress soon on that one. Uh, and then I started playing Frog Detective, the entire mystery, because it's on Game Pass. Um, I saw that. It's so fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to play it. I don't know anything about it per se. I just remember him having like a weird, tiny. Oh, yeah. what was the game? It was some um, chicory. He has chicory. A, a little cameo in chicory, doesn't he? Chicory, where yeah. he's like just chilling, and it's like it's his holiday. It'd be rude to interrupt him. Yeah, it's not really a game. Like, I think calling it a game is 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 a bit of a stretch, to be honest. Like, it's. Yeah, I I don't know how I feel about this. I think it's cheeky and fun. It's cute. Um, I maybe should be playing it while I'm sick because I don't know if I'm in the right headspace. Um, but it's uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I'm a little lukewarm on it. I think getting to play it through Game Pass is great. It's super short. Like the one thing actually, the achievements are pretty funny. Um, they uh, they're actually this is the first time where I'm like, oh, you actually want to make sure you play this on a thing that has achievements. Um, because I actually feel like it. Act like literally blends and like comments on the game in, in, in a pretty fun way. 
Um, the first one is, is it's literally just kind of like a fetch quest, right? Like it's just find the things that somebody needs. That's like, that's all the gameplay mechanics. Uh, it's just talk to people. Ooh, okay. Um, is there's not much, there's no, actually, there's nothing to it. Like, honestly. Um, so I was a little disappointed to be honest. Um, because I had sort of seen a lot of this and I thought it was sort of, you know, kind of fun and, and sort of cute. And I thought, Oh, frog detective, maybe, you know, inspired by like, I don't know, Ace Attorney or something like maybe not Ace Attorney, but you know what I mean? Like detective sort of games. But I was like, ah, it's just kind of like, okay. I, cause it feels weird critiquing this game a little bit because it makes it feel like <laughs> I'm just like, Alex doesn't like fun, you know? <laughs> cause like, it's, it's just sort of cute and stuff. But like, cuteness and like self-referential humor can only get something so fucking far you know like you hit a point where you're like okay haha that's that's funny and adorable i guess um but it's like is there anything else you know <laughs> like like is there some game here it's like take for example a short hike that game is really silly um really cutesy quite short and fucking awesome because it's really fun to play and it has beautiful music and it like has like a touching um, story that is whimsical and often kind of silly and dumb. But like there's an underlying like highly entertaining heart to it. You know what I mean? And there's um, a join the moment to moment as well, which by the sounds of it, a frog detective is lacking a, a bit or a ribbit, if you will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It well, it doesn't have any at all. Like, there's some cute, fun like vignettes that you see, but like gameplay wise, you're just like, holy fuck, it's a Game Boy game. <laughs> you know, like you're like it's it's Link's Awakening. It's the fetch quest. Like that's what it is. Um, and so I'm like, okay, that, I mean that's fine, I guess, but like, what? Really? Um. Anyway, I don't know. I I'm I'm curious to see. Like, I'm obviously gonna beat it because it's like maybe three hours total. I'm sort of hoping that the second and third episodes maybe expand a little bit. I don't need a lot more, but just give me like something, you know, like, cause if all three of these games are just like, find the items, give them to the people, I'll lose my damn mind. Like that's just, I can't, I can't do that for the whole time. Anyway, that's frog detective. It's, I, I wish it was better than it is, but um, I don't know. It is what it is, you know? Uh, <laughs> Rick, do you want to tell us? And then we'll <laughs> hit up Tom before going to our, uh, topic yeah sounds good so i've put rocket league in not in the sense that i'm now playing it i'm never not playing it but mm-hmm. i finally clawed my way back into champ which i thought was worthy of highlighting go me Woo! um i also started playing um devil daggers which is a little sort of focused um minimalistic endless first person shooter experience um very much a competition with friends of the podcast uve and dune in the sense that they both have times that I want to demolish. Dunes I have already demolished. Um, to give you some context, this game has a single achievement. That achievement is surviving for 500 seconds. Um, I've played this game for maybe one and a half, two hours, and the highest I've been able to get is about 139 seconds. Um, Uwe's time, which is like, he says a static goal because he doesn't think I'll ever be able to get that kind of time again, is about 180 seconds or three minutes or so. It's real balls to the wall. It's like one hit, you're dead. You move, you shoot. That's about the sum of it. You can level up by picking up enough gems, but a lot of it is um, left to you to discover in this little sort of um, bite-sized sandbox. I like the simplicity of it. It's a game I got in a bundle a while back. 
Um, they've got a new game called Hyper Demon. I don't particularly know what that does differently, if anything. But Devil Daggers, you know, if you get it for cheap, it's it's a real fun gameplay first experience. Um, and I've had a blast sort of grinding against my time for that. Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I just I just checked the time to speak, do for five thousand seconds, just so people know it's eighty three minutes. No, five hundred. Five hundred. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a bit which is more like eight minutes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> God help me, I would not be. I would not be trying to do a single run of anything for like 53 minutes, (laughs) like continuously, no pause, no stop, no nothing. I think you'd literally have a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, it's not the kind of game that I think there's any expectation of you like playing that much more than 10 minutes at a time unless you are an actual machine. Um, Played a bit more of Valkyrie Profile, Lenneth, um, on the PSP. Game does show its age a little bit. It's a little bit hand-holdy at the beginning. the sprite work is phenomenal, and that really does stand up. Um, as for the most part, does the combat. The, the limitation with this one is that um, I've played the DS side call, Covenant of the Plume, and not only does that have arguably better sprite work, but the way that it utilizes Valkyrie Profile's unique sort of four-face button combat system in a turn-based setting, I think made way more sense than, than what this is currently doing. I like it overall. I'm definitely going to keep going at it, but I have some reservations right out of the gate, which is never ideal. Um, penultimate game for me is a niche game that I discovered by complete accident, but I cannot recommend highly enough because it's low-key been my addiction this week. Uh, and that is Little Noah, Sion of Paradise. Uh, I'm playing on Switch. It's available on PS4 and I believe PC as well. Uh, this is a 2D roguelike um plays a lot like a side-scrolling castlevania um mechanically um you have an attack button but the the interesting thing with this apart from the roguelike structure um and it it, it's a very light sort of version of that roguelike stuff like you can buy real tangible upgrades very very quickly um the the thing that truly makes this interesting is that you don't have an attack of your own um you pick up characters called lilliputs and you can plug them into a f- up to five attack combo of your choice. You then also have two separate buttons for individual special moves. So each lily put you pick will have um, their move if you select them in your main attack slot, a move if you select them in your bonus slot, and if you level them up all the way, which is one of the roguelike components that you can do between runs that's persistent, uh, you will also get a like stat boost of some kind just for having them in your inventory in that run. Um, there's a real tactical element then to how do you want to play? How, in that sense, do you then order your attacks? Because you might have a couple of really strong Lilliputs with really strong but slow attacks, and you might want to use one of those, but you might want to put it later in your combo so you can build up to it, or you might want to put it right at the start of the combo because then while the guy's swinging down, your attacks two and three can be sort of coming off, but then you've got to factor in what those attacks are, how they're going to interact. There's a lot of Valkyrie profile in it in that sense, albeit the actual input of it's very different. Um, but what it leads to is a, a real deep system for what is otherwise a, a clearly very low-budget game. And it does a lot with the budget it's got. The The art's chibi, but in a way that works for me. Not common up, but I can say that about chibi art. I normally find it quite trite, um, a little bit off-putting for me personally, but it really, really works here. 
Um, there's just about enough variety in the levels to keep things fresh. And I, as a few games that have really worked for me recently have done, this game kind of knows its limits. So you can play hundreds of hours if you really want to unlock and see everything. Um, but for a main or main plus run on how long to beat, it's like eight to 12 hours. Um, I'm like five hours in. I've gotten to the final boss once and fallen at that stage. I'm in the middle of another run that I expect uh, will be a, a successful run. And I think for the price you pay, because it's a budget release, and for the amount of fun you get and how engaging that time you spend is, I think it's a really, really good title. Um, really compelling, really well put together. Works especially well on Switch in the sense that it's an easy pick up, put down. But I imagine it's pretty good on, on console and PC as well, especially if you've got a Steam Deck sort of setup going. Um, well worth a look, well worth a try for anyone who's looking for that kind of experience. Um, real pleasant surprise for me and definitely up there among the, the most fun I've had with any game I've played this year. Um, so on a 9 out of 10 at the moment, but it's it's teetering towards a 10. It's more 10 than it is 8. Um, and finally, uh, Severed Steel, which is a, a like parkour, slow-mo, action-y, first-person shooter game. Uh, this is also on Switch and consoles. I'm playing the PC version. I think the, a game like this, you do kind of need mouse and keyboard, ideally. Um, there's a, a, a hint of super hot about this one in the sense that each level starts with like single word plain text prompts to lead you in. And there's a, a not quite as minimalistic as super hot, but there's a, a very sort of textualist cell shade e kind of art to it. It's much more neon-infused, a bit more colourful, a bit more cyberpunky in its palette, if not in its setting. Um, and the whole conceit of it is you are really, really squishy, but as long as you are performing a stunt, whether that's wall running, diving, sliding, um, bouncing off walls and things, you are immune to damage when you're in that flow state. So it does that thing that a lot of sort of score chasing and, and um, run perfecting games do. There's a real Hotline Miami feel to it, you know, for example, where you're failing, repeating, failing, repeating, and it's very, very quick to get you straight back into the action. Um, it's really, really good. I think that there's a certain degree of sloppiness to some of the execution. Some of that is me. Some of that is just the nature of the setup that if one button and directional input allows you to jump and wall run and slide and do various other things, you're going to get in an, in a muddle sometimes. Um, and there's various interactions that are a little bit janky. So, for example, uh, you can technically kick off a wall, um, but the kick doesn't always react, in my experience, in the way that you're expecting it to. And particularly when there's enemies around you, getting a move like that wrong is death in a way that doesn't always feel fair. But overall, really good, accomplishing what it's setting out to do. Uh, I found it very engaging for the hour or so that I've played it. Uh, this is another one that's quite short. How long to beat us? Three hours or so. Um, I feel like that's about the perfect length for this kind of thing. Again, budget, indie release, um, clear vision of what it wants to set out to do. Um, so far, so good on that one. Um, yeah, unless you guys want to sort of say anything about any of those ones, that's everything for me. Um, Tom, do you want to tag back in and tell us what you've been playing? Yep. Uh, so, things will go back straight back to Borderlands, shall we? Since I'm basically <laughs> now just going through all the DLCs. So, hmm. um, I am now on the second DLC, Mad Moxie's Underdome Riot. I'm not impressed. To be honest, it's purely a, it's a purely arena series. Basically, you get um, each arena has like five waves um, of five rounds, and it's set up in the same way. So it's always a start of round, 
then a gun round, then a horde round, then a um, badass round, then the bit the boss round. It does um, add in like modifiers, like it starts the um, enemies weaker, but then they increase it gets stronger until the last round. And then you also get other modifiers like a uh, shotgun. Yeah, shotguns give you more power while every other uh, ones are weaker, and it just makes you try to actually change things up. But they've already got arena in their base game, and they didn't need another arena series really. It just feels uninspiring. It's just there. There's nothing else to it really. Series arenas, okay, fine, whatever. Well, yeah, so that is pop. I've got one last arena to do in there, and I'm moving on to the next DLC. Uh, that'll be the General Knox one, but I'm not going to talk about that because I'm not up to that. But let's go into the other games. Uh, these ones um, are the same as based the um, Rick's Rocket League. If I ever came back on, I'll be still playing these ones. So, uh, <laughs> we'll. Another obsessive. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, so, just so you know, Rocksmith 2014, which I'm currently playing at the moment. I have about 700 hours in it. Um, Fuck me, it, okay. <laughs> yeah. It, um, well, it, yeah, technically it's um, only 150 because I changed. I was on the PS3 and moved up to the PS4. But um, that's basically just in, 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 accumulating them, basically. It's, it, it's a very good tool for learning guitar, I'll say. It actually has helped me learn how to play guitar. But it, it does not... Um, it cannot, uh, and it, it does not have the ability to actually um, offer full learning. It tells you nothing of music theory. Certain um, types of um, picking, it does not pick up. It does not know what uh, pinch harmonics are. It it just tells you, do a pinch harmonic, and well, you can just play it as normal. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. It does not recognize accents. Um, I And um, I think people, it's not very good with the mutes either. But um, it's, it is a fantastic tool, though, because um, it gives you the songs and it gives you the ability to buy more songs. I'll talk about um, Rocksmith Plus and what's my thoughts for it later, but um, what the big thing about it is a thing called a riff repeater. It basically allows you to split a section of a song up and then play that um, as long as you want, and it gives you the percentage, and then you just and actually speed it up, slow it in, in, in increments, just so that you actually get to a point where you can actually play at a good speed. And it does help genuinely to actually um, get you to learn good songs. Due to this, I do know how to play Blitzkrieg Bot by itself. Um, but um, like I said, it's missing a few things where you, can't, you need to get to outside perspectives. Like um, if you want to, I would also recommend Justin Guitar. He's quite good on YouTube. But it tells you nothing about music theory, and I had to pick that up outside. Uh, so just so you know, it, like it tells you nothing about the four beats and BPMs. It just basically here's your thing. Here's a few tools to use it, and um, how good it is. Uh, like I said, um, so Rocksmith Plus. I just want to quickly go into this. I don't think it's a bad idea because um, there's a thing online called Guitar Tabs. Um, and you have to pay for subscription to get the guitar tabs there. I just see it the same way as that. But instead, you actually have the song and you have a um, game system to actually play it against. So in theory, it's good. Songs list, though, it's terrible. Absolutely dreadful. There's like one song on there, which I know, and that is Metallica's um, Master of the Puppets. That is just one. They have 5,000 songs on that thing. And I only know one. This is not good. They need. They basically went for. Um, they went for um, more than uh, quality, and that's just got. I think it's got to kill Rocksmith Plus basically. Hello, poopy. Mm. 
But yeah, um, arrived. <laughs> but you're yeah. playing Rock Band Four. I mean, shit. We were talking about yeah. that the other day. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, this one, I will say this. Um, I have been slowing down the guitar because I'll be honest. Because of Rock Band, I actually prefer playing drums, and I actually have properly picked up the drums because of it. Ooh. So um, I'm just basically just still play the uh, Rock Band Four as part of the drum system. Um, I'm just trying to get through some of the songs I can't properly do in the moment. I'm trying to do um, New Fang uh, by then Crooked Vultures at the moment. Uh, the I can't do the end drum bit. I don't know if I should do a paddle diddle diddle or just do a drum roll for it. Yeah, that makes no sense to you. Just so you know, um, I just want to point this out. I am currently learning properly to play Run to the Hills. If you don't know Run to the Hills, that is a, that is a belting blast song to do. But yeah, I just enjoy playing it because it's it's a simple game. Fun is just basically hit the uh, note at the right point, and it has a big library. And they they still are constantly updating the library. They recently um, released um, a free uh, pack song from Use, and uh, this week they released well they re-released uh, Rainbow in the Dark by Dio and another small one. I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, the. Now, the final ones, I'm going to merge them together because they're basically the same game and they're just basically something I put on when I'm actually just watching YouTube. The America and the Euro Truck Simulators. Um, I guess you could say you just take a truck and then you just drive it around Europe or America. Not much else to really say. I finally it. wanted to meet someone who plays these. I'm like, I don't know how they work, but that sounds like, like it's a why? great podcast game, huh? It very much is. You just sit down. Put um, put on your podcast, put on whatever show you're watching, and just basically drive. You got you um, have different cities. Um, there are different achievements which I'm trying to aim for. I will say this: uh, Euro Truck Simulator came out first, and they had a a achievement which I'm glad they got rid of in America Truck Simulator, where you have to get a hundred percent of the map. You have to go to every single location. That is too much because uh, that includes going through going. It does not count every intersection um, as one. You have to do every single exit yourself separately. That can take hours to do uh, when you don't need to do that. America Truck Simulator just tells you go to the cities. You can see minor changes between the two in terms of the driving. Like America, you could go a lot faster. And the fastest you can go in your truck simulator in terms of speed limits, uh, if you were trying to actually keep to the law, it's 56 miles per hour. Well, you can go to 80 miles per hour in America Truck Simulator. Mm. Um, oh, does so that's help. Does your do miles per hour? I don't know. We all do kilometers. No, they do They do kilometers, but... Oh, um, I have no idea what 56 miles per hour is. <laughs> about Same. I'm like, oh, miles per hour? Okay. Where are those? Are they tasty? <laughs> oh, about 100. Okay, It's yeah. like 30 oh, miles to 50 kilometers, and then like that's how it breaks down. Yeah, right, yeah, because um, speed limits around here are usually 110 kilometers, like on the highways. Yeah. Which is like about seventy miles an hour, which is what our speed limits are as well. Yeah, yeah we um, with the uh, Brits, we just we have a weird habit of merging both together. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we measure drinking liters, except when it involves beer and milk. Both of which are pints. Yeah, get yes. your pints. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. There, there's exceptions to most rules. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. And yeah, we still use I um. I measure myself in uh, meters, but when I'm driving, miles. Oh, there you mm-hmm. go. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm using that. Um, but, yeah, it's a very simple game. You just drive around, you just, um, and take things between locations. And, um, 
yeah, like I said, um, it's just one of those. Um, it's basically just the same as a cookie clicker. You just hmm. sit, drive a bit, and just um, let uh, the world go by. Nice. Well, I think it's time now to move on to our topic. So Tom gave us a couple options, but we thought we'd stick with the first one because we're talking about like favorite funny moments in games, but essentially just humor in video games, which I don't know. We might have talked about this before on the podcast. It's been 95 episodes. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but if we did, I'm sure we'll have something different to say this time. Um, and hey, if we did, let us know in the comments down below, just below the like button. <laughs> it's right there. Uh, well, I think you could really uh, split up humor into three different types for um, games. You can have um, scripted humor, you know, just the standard story beats. Um, you could have like a gameplay humor, so like those stupid moments. Gang beat is a really good idea of that, where you're just playing like this big blocks of plasticine and just trying to waddle <laughs> around and just throw people off. And then uh, just um, emergent humor. It's the same way as um, basically what we're talking about with Crusader Kings, um, games where you build your humor through the game itself. Mm. I've had some good moments in Borderlands 2 and that, because um, I was playing through that with my mate I mentioned earlier. Um, out on that one point, uh, this I enjoyed a lot. He got stuck once, and the only way he'd get out was to kill himself. But <laughs> I was able to reach him, so I kept reviving him each time he killed himself. Just to <laughs> die, and he just, just getting him actually get pissed off at me. The more and more I kept doing it, it's fun. Same with uh, the doctor, the uh, Mister Talk one, because there's like a quest in there where um, you have to speak to the granny. And she waffles on for like five minutes or so. And the mate was getting pissed off more and more. He goes, no, no, she might be saying something important. Let's keep listening. It's just, There's just... a lot of that metatextual kind of humor in yeah. the Borderlands, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that's interesting, actually, the way you break that down. Because I hadn't really thought of like um, breaking it down that way. But I, I suppose that actually quite makes sense. I mean, it's similar to just like storytelling, right? Mm. Um, but then, yeah, because I, I tend to find... And I don't know. I, I I would imagine Rick and Pal, you probably agree. I've probably had the largest laughs at more of the emergent stuff, right? Like those tend to often be even just like glitches and stuff too. Like, <laughs> yeah, make me laugh good. But I find it really challenging for games to like genuinely make me laugh. Um, and like, it's rarely happened. And and I often think the ones where it happens the most, like Rick, we maybe talked about this once before, but like games like Ghost Trick and stuff, like those like heavily narrative, which arguably are more like they share almost more in common with novels than they do even mm. with games. And so it's like, I suppose it makes sense that those games can be funny because they're literally creating character and like actual, like you care about the scenarios. And so you're actually able to like kind of laugh and enjoy it. But whereas games like, for instance, this frog detective, when I played it, it's clearly trying to be funny, but I'm not really laughing. I maybe smile a little bit, right? Like you're like, Oh, that's cute. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. It's just like, there's something about it. And maybe it's because I'm in control. And so I can just kind of look away. Right. Cause like, again, in a film, you can control what they're looking at. So it's a little easier to get someone to laugh, but then in a game, it's like, they might be talking and I'm just like, especially if it's not a cutscene, I'm just like looking away. Right. <laughs> or like fuck it off. Timing can be harder for sure. And yeah. I think, I think there's something about emergent laughs being bigger laughs for sure. Like there's something more, um, genuine is the wrong word, but there's something more natural about it just it's... coming out of gameplay being what it is the one i always jumped to in my head for humor is a game called space court uh a little oh, indie yeah. one. Oh, that gave me some big laughs uh and 
I think that comes back to what you say about Ghost Trick as well in terms of like how good writing can make something really funny in games. And I think it's the only way you can really reliably get a laugh in the sense that you have some control over the framing of the sentence that you write and over how text boxes fall. I think anything beyond that, it can be it can be hard to get in unless you're doing like voice lines. But it's the same kind of principle there. Like if you can pipe the voice through, you get to decide the pacing of it and you can have a greater degree of certainty that you're going to hit the beats in the way that you want to hit them. Um, yeah. Borderlands it's... is an interesting one for that because we've, we've been um, replaying Borderlands 2 and I think a lot of that humor hasn't aged all that well. But at <laughs> yeah. the time... What Borderlands yeah. did really well is like the um, the the persistent it's... audio in the background, and that audio was based on really good writing, and yeah, it elicited a lot of laughs. Still it does it now, just not nearly. Yeah, it wasn't that repetitive either, which is like something that I actually have to give it props for because I, I mean, you know how many games you play where someone's just like, nice or good job. Or, I'll get it. Like, you know, like just these repeated lines. It's Rhyme Time is one that I got yeah. recently reminded of. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was actually um, watching something and they actually made, made movie this. There's a gun in there called The Bane and they were caused about the curse of it. How it's like, oh, you can't, you have to be cursed if you do use this card. It is dangerous. You can't use it. You pick it up. And the curse turns out that it's actually just screaming every time you actually fire it. It goes. That's very Rick and Morty-esque. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, that's like, it makes me think of high game. on life. Like, oh, well, also yeah. like cyberpunk. Like, there's that one gun that talks to you. That's pretty funny. Um, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that gun was great. Yeah, yeah. That gun. yeah. Uh, Is that Skippy? I, I know. Speaking... Skippy, that's the one. Yeah. I know. Speaking one, of things, talk to you. Um... There's a, that tie on what's the name of the oh, name? Disco Elysium. Uh, Elysium. Oh, yeah. yeah. The first time that that tie started talking, I laughed my ass off because it was like, what the hell is that voice? And then I see the tie. And then uh, it was like, oh, tie. And whatever the tie was telling me at that moment, it was like, oh my God, that thing can talk. Or like, my character thinks the thing can, can talk. Oh yeah, no, Disco Elysium is has a whole barrel of different humour. For me, my favourite moment in that was two actually. Um, it was when I was talking to the uh, disabled lady and um, I asked her how why she's in the wheelchair and she said, oh, I'm paralegic. And then it, my internal dialogue was going, what is paralegic? It means that she actually has disabled herself, perhaps because she actually jumped on a, a grenade in the war. And I just basically blurted out to her, oh, you must be a war hero for jumping on that black grenade. And she just looked at me like, what? <laughs> that. Following his lizard brain in that game yeah. creates some of the funniest goddamn moments. Like, I do remember one where it's like he's looking at, like, the, the microphone or something. And he's just like, there's karaoke here. I'm going to uh, sing a song. And then he's like, what kind of song? <laughs> a dark sad song that will move all the people <laughs> they're like yeah you will sing that song you gotta find one though and you're like so then you get a mission to like find a sad song to sing in karaoke and i love it you talk to the owner and he's like you're like i'm gonna sing karaoke here and he's like no you're not he's like yes i am <laughs> it's just like it's just very funny like you could just be really ridiculous in that game and that is yeah. an example of excellent writing and i mean that probably is the game that is the most like a novel <laughs> oh yeah that yeah like also, the my favorite, another part was when you um trying to figure out where you live, 
And then and he's like, <laughs> yeah. at one point, you just you just can't think, and you just say, "Ah, oh, fuck it," and you just become Hobocop. <laughs> yeah, I love the titles you get, Hobocop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you abandon trying to figure out where you live, it's, yeah. it's also one of those games that, like, it's it's it's. I would say the epitome of like when it comes to humor of like laugh or you'll cry kind of humor where it's like, it's really dark. Like a lot of the humor oh. even. And you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, you step and think about it for a second. And you're like, that's fucked up. <laughs> it, well, it's uh, really well it written things as well. Cause I had a genuine, very sad moment uh, when you actually uh, meet your ex-wife. Yeah. And usually, I don't know how you played it, but I played. Well, it. I'm not. I'm not through fire yet, so no spoilers. But <laughs> oh, no spoilers, please. I am um, like one yeah, hour. I didn't know. Oh no! Oh, yeah, um, I'm not gonna say anymore then. <laughs> okay, yeah. But it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I could probably say it because you probably do it different to me, actually. Uh, no, I won't. Well, no, please. Uh, no. Contact me. Contact me if you want to do. We'll a talk once I finish it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, maybe. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, <laughs> I gotta beat but, that goddamn game. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, also so there like party games as well, like uh, Jackbox. I think is really yeah. good for that. Mm. Like I, um, like again, Quiplash is so good for that. I will admit, yes. um, <laughs> the Rick probably only get this, but at one point, um, we had a whole round where Jimmy Savile showed up every single bloody question. <laughs> I do know who this is. <laughs> I've watched yes. the documentary. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> for those who are not in the know. Jimmy Savile was a really creepy 70s and 80s um, children's presenter. I think we can say he was a wrong one and leave it at that. I think we can safely leave it there. Yeah. (laughs) There's a good documentary on Netflix if you want to learn more. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say, yeah, he has a pretty bad wrong one. And yeah, (sighs) dark humor there. A wrong one. I've never heard that before. A wrong one. That's, uh, yeah, that, that I mean, that's peak Brit. Yeah, yeah, that's peak Brit. I love it. <laughs> Get the Brits on. <laughs> um, the invasion has begun. I think you're right, though. But like, yeah, Jackbox, man, I've had so many good times. I mean, that game is basically like it's the go-to game now for my crew mm. who like live across the country because like it's just so easy to get into a game and it's fucking funny. Like, yeah. And again, it's mostly, of course, though. I will say, it is a hundred percent reliant on who you're playing with. <laughs> Because, like, yeah. my yeah. buds and I, like, so my, my fiance, it's funny, we played this game with some of her, like, med school buds. Listen, <laughs> bless their souls. These doctors are some of the nicest, um, you know, smartest people you'll ever meet. Not a fucking funny bone in their bodies. <laughs> like, they're just like, oh, so dumb. <laughs> and well, she was used to play with me in my theater fucking kids. dark. Yeah. Oh, no, they didn't go dark. They're so morbid. No, not even. I mean, they're kind of morbid, but not even really. Because, like, I don't know. Like, some of them have dark humor for sure. But, like, Mm. but this is what's interesting. They're funnier on their own. But then when they're playing the game, I think they stress out. Do you know what I mean? It's like, like, in it. But then then we play with my theater friends, and they're just fucking knocking out, you know, zingers left, right, and center, you know? Um, so anyway, I thought that was that was kind of funny. It it really depends who you're playing with. <laughs> yeah, very much so. But yeah. um, that is what emergent com- emergent uh, gameplay is. It's like a lot of time it's dependent on who you're playing with and what's happening. Yeah. 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 The it among us because well, when I was playing with a group, there were like some of the more most bullshit attempts to get like not get caught, <laughs> like. I don't know, like, 
I saw you in front of me as you murdered that person. I was like, no, I saw you murdering that person. And it, and it was like, there was another person in that room and they saw you too. And somehow, <laughs> even though there were witnesses, that person could away with it. That game made the pandemic go much smoother for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. There's actually a version that on Jackbox as well, if I remember correctly. I can't remember the name of it, but you have to raise your hand typing as more of an inside one. Oh. Yeah. They just released a new Jackbox. I have to get it so I can play the pass. Yeah, nine. There's there's like nine of them now. There's a lot of them. It's crazy, yeah. But they're all all really solid, honestly. Um, Yeah. What do we think, folks? Anything else, or should we move along? Because we're getting long in the... Well, we haven't actually talked about any um, gameplay style humor ones, so um, do you want to have oh, a quick... Oh, yeah. Any Let's hit on some those of those. Ones? Yeah, so, like, Gang Beast is a good point. There's also that quirpy one, I can't remember, but the one where you actually have to control each of your different... Um, oh, Quap, yeah, yeah. You have to control each of your different um, legs at one point and go as far as you possibly can. Fall Guys. Just... I think... Co-op stuff is where a lot of this comes through for sure outside of glitches. Yeah. Like four yeah. guys and it takes two jump immediately to mind. Right? Um, yeah. Cause there's, I was trying to think of something. I'm like, yeah, Fall Guys is that's the one, right? Like, I mean, the entire it's the castle of the video game. It could never not be funny. Exactly. <laughs> there's also then Octodad as well. That's another one, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Oh Octodad. yeah, all these physics game yeah. type ones. Yeah. Basically, yeah, it, yeah, these, like, yeah, these, yeah, these gameplay ones are basically just. Uh, make it so it's very difficult to move around and just watch as the end the whole physics falls apart around you basically. I guess Battle Simulator could be counted that as well. Tabs, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think so. I mean, that's kind yeah. of the whole point of that game, right? That it's like, kind of funny to watch all these units mash against each other <laughs> in these weird physics engines. Yeah. Thousand chickens versus a dinosaur. Go. <laughs> oh. Okay. I'm going to call it there. Can we crack on? Yeah. yeah, sorry. Usually I would be like, let's keep going, but I'm dying. Um, okay, <laughs> let's go to Guess the Game, where the aim of the game is to guess the guest's game. Woo! So, um, Tom's picked a game for us, and he's got some mm-hmm. uh, reviews and completion notes. So, we'll hear the times first, and then we'll hear one of those, and we'll try to guess. And again, winner will get one point. It wouldn't change the who wins anyway, so... Um, <laughs> well, what's the standing at the moment? Do you know, it's fourteen fourteen for Paula and I, and then Rick is winning. So Rick has won, but basically this round is going to be who comes in second. <laughs> Pretty, much. Pretty much. Well, that is depends if Rick just decides actually to stay out of it. He might just get another points, like oh, you two at the bottom. Well, with how I'm, long? Oh, sorry. I'm I'm running the game this time, but we'll we'll get there when we get there. What's the <laughs> What's the guess the game we're going for, Tom? Right. Okay, then. So I'm going to give you a bit of spoiler. I have played this game. I've completed it. Since. So we're going to start with my time. It took me 74 hours and 51 minutes. And my notes are hard. 96% progression. Okay. Is it Dark Souls 3? Oh. No. Oh, oh, we're guessing Is now. it oh, okay. Dark Souls 1? Is it Sekiro? No. Is it, is it a Souls Dark game? Dark Souls though? 2? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we talked about the Dark Souls game, but I'll give you this, um, some spoilers. It's not a Soulsborne game. Oh, okay. Actually, that's kind of So yeah, wait, let's get another base... completion note or a review. 
Yeah, do you want me to go through my review of it? Oh, that's quite long, actually. Actually, yeah, maybe mm. maybe give us another, but, like a completion note or something. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for the completion notes, and I'll go to my review if we need a bit more then. Okay, so um, here we go. So uh, this one is 21 hours, 57 minutes. Main story complete. Side content done up until the two, two-thirds part. Name of something. Then I just mainlined. Hmm. Wait, what are all the times again? Like, what's the main, main plus in 100? Oh, you oh, mean the overall one. ones? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So, yeah, um, I'll quickly grab that. Um, I was just going through all those. Okay, so uh, main story is eight and a half hours. Oh. Main plus sides is 63 hours. Completionist is 94 hours. Holy all shit. Stars. Is it Lords of the Fallen? Yeah. No. That is it's quite the range. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Damn. Eight hours to like nine. What kind of game is like that? Um, damn. Okay. I like this. This seems interesting. Okay. Um, and it's hard. But I got to give you a note here. So here we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it this, up. Well, might give you some idea. 25 hours, character of romance, estimated time based on logged hours. Is it Dragon Age Inquisition? In the white ballpark. But I'm not is it Dragon, Dragon Age, Age 2? two? No. Dragon Age? Dragon Age Origins. No. Mass Effect 2. No, he can't be that eight hours. Um, Knights of the Old Republic? No. Oh, <laughs> I feel like, okay, because there's character romance. Wait, is it you, The Witcher? No. Not the you were in the right ballpark with Dragon Age. Age. I was in the right ballpark there, yeah. Yeah. It's not Dragon Age Origins, it's not Dragon Age 2, it's not Dragon Age Inquisition, but it's something in that world. Um, not that world, but that developer. Sorry. Oh yeah. Okay. Is it? Is it yeah. the anthem? No. No. Okay. It's Republic Two. Go- <laughs> I'll give you another. Actually, let's okay. go for a review, shall we? Let's yeah, yeah. Let's does. do it. Yeah. Okay. So here's a review. Um, game is fine. Not oh, great, shit. but not deserving of this shit is gotten. Not on the level of the trilogy in terms of quality, but right Andromeda. There, is it Andromeda? Andromeda. God yes. damn it. Yeah, Rick, you got that. Yeah. <laughs> Mass Effect Andromeda shit. The minute I heard trilogy, I was like, oh, it's Andromeda. <laughs> Rick wins that one. That's good. <laughs> oh, you can actually the lead more. That's a good I, one. <laughs> Andromeda. Fuck. I couldn't the, think. I was like, what the hell did Byron make? What did you think of Andromeda? Like beyond you know I mean? just the basic of the notes. I mean, you don't necessarily read your review out, but like it gives you cliff notes. What, what did you think of it? Yeah, uh, no, not very good. I don't think it. Okay, I gave it a five mm. out of ten. It was basically just a large skin in the box environment. I got bored of the whole storyline after I figured mm. out what the kit were. Um, okay. it, I like the gameplay. The game, if they had yeah. used that gameplay in any of the other Mass Effect games, great. But the story was lackluster, and like I said, it was basically here's a list of things to do in the map. Do them. It was mm. that yeah, I'm with you there. I think I was probably closer to a seven on it, um, but like closer to a six than an eight. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not like it's not horrible, but it's probably better nowadays actually because it's probably pretty fixed up. But yeah, it was just so disappointing compared to like you know the fucking brilliance that that trilogy was. Yeah. It, well, I, I margins. Actually, yeah. Yeah. I actually played it after the. Um, the eye thing was fixed, you know, where the where the uh, weird boogly eyes. See, but, I never really I, had any issues. I got lucky, like, yeah, in with Cyberpunk, but yeah, yeah, mm. I, I, yeah, actually, Cyberpunk, I really, I got lucky in that one as well. Um, that one, I, I gave that one seven. 
I like that one quite a bit, but um, I felt, again, same issues with Mass Effect Andromeda. I kind of play in the same as Paula. I kind of do everything on the map, so if um, I find things are repeating itself, I usually just go, no. Ah, uh, that's fair. Yeah. But, yeah. Nice. Good pick, though. I like that one. All right, so now it's time for... How long to beat the game? Uh, Rick, what are we doing? <laughs> the game this week is the original Gears of War. Oh, okay. So what, we, what we're going to want from all three of you uh, is a message to me, a main time, a main plus extras time, a 100% time. And my question for you my dealer's choice, which is worth a, a bonus two points. Um, what percentage of people on How Long to Beat do we think retired this game? Oh, okay. And I, wa- I want that guessed to one decimal place. To one decimal, okay. Yeah, I could do that. I really don't know how long these ones are, but I, I got some ideas. All right. Nope. Uh, Xbox and... is a blind spot for me. Like, I literally, I don't care. I've got a 360. I have two games to play on it. None of them are Gears of War games. I, I don't care. I might watch the, because Netflix has said they're going to make a series yeah. based on it. You know, because <laughs> video game adaptations always go very, very well. Uh, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll see how that pans out, I guess. Uh, well, like I said, I never actually went, got into the Xbox series, so never played it. I, I have. Some... Uh... Oh yeah, sorry. Go go in. I I wasn't gonna say anything in instant, so I just like yeah. I think I've played this game actually. Like I've played a fair bit of Gears of War. I wanted to play through with my uh, with my fiance actually because we're always looking for good co op games, and she's into shooters now. So one day we'll play through all of <laughs> Gears of War. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I remember this, like, it was kind of the one that I, I missed out a little bit on the Xbox era, but um, it's a fun game. Like, I don't know. The new ones are pretty good, uh, yeah. too. I played the, um, I think, the latest one, I, um, EGX. Um, yeah, I think it was that. I can't remember which number it was. And yeah, it seemed quite fun for what it was. Yeah. They made a really good tactics game, too, which is totally random. Yeah. Like, <laughs> So I hear, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I heard that as well, yeah. I'm actually it's one of the few cases where like um a game being given over to uh like the, the new developer has been like really good because they straight up admitted like um like uh Epic admitted that they had no idea what to do with the game. <laughs> they're like we don't know what to do with Gears of War. Like after they had finished the third they're like we don't know what to do anymore so they just sold it and I'm like I, I think it ended up being a uh, um a much better uh anyway, much better for them in the end. So I've got times from Alex. I've got times from Tom. Just waiting on Paula. Yeah, I'm stalling. No pressure. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Hurry up, lady. I have all the times. We can rest easy now. So um, main story. Paula and Tom have both said eight hours. Alex has said eight and a half hours. Ooh. And as much as it pains me to say it, that half hour gives Alex the point because nine hours <laughs> is the main sense. time. I feel like this uh, is the, the main... classic eight and a half hour, but it gets it to nine. <laughs> oh, fuck half hours. All my homies hate half hours. So, <laughs> main plus. Alex says 10 hours. Uh, Tom says 12 hours. And Paula says 15 hours. Uh, Tom's bang on the money. 12 hours is the main plus time. 
um, of our two regular hosts, Alex just edges that one. That's two nice. points to O for Alex so far. Uh, 100%. 100%. Alex says 15 hours. Paola says 25 hours. Uh, and Tom says 30 hours. Uh, the completionist time, I can reveal, is 28 and a half hours. Damn. Uh, so, yeah. So, again, Tom just taking it overall, but Paola are the two regular hosts absolutely being closest there. So it's 2-1, which means it all rests on this bonus percentage retired Tom's point. Tom's kicking ass, this man. <laughs> he certainly is. Yeah. Um, the and I had Tom, to go high on the police because it was You're the first today, guest, I, I think, to actually one. be this. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's I, certainly one of the only guests to actually score like points when factored into all three, which I think is... So well done. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so retirements, will that follow through for Tom? Tom says 5% players on how long to beat retired I, like this I game. learned last time that that's way too high but i hope i'm right this time i went really low <laughs> <laughs> and really low just to give give our listeners a percentage figure is 1.6 percent paula <laughs> leaning tom's direction said 4.3 percent uh, i can that reveal that the retirements are 0.4 but with a three in front though so 3.4 percent oh, <laughs> so, do it. so Paola gets those two points so it's it's yeah, three two for Paola uh, so I'm last place boo <laughs> <laughs> oh that brought a cough on you muted Just it like, that, uh, that yeah I really coughed real hard there uh, well then that's that Rick wins um Woo. Pal, I guess really second third mean nothing but nope. bragging rights I guess <laughs> um so that's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us, Tom. Sorry that You're I'm welcome. so sick. Um, <laughs> pleasure to have you, nevertheless. <laughs> but it's been a pleasure having you on. Um, that's it, folks. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.